Well, good evening. In the holy and sacred name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is full of grace and truth, I welcome you to the house of the Lord. Uh, I tell you what, we have a commandment from the Lord uh, to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. We have another commandment of the Lord to gather together often in his name and worship him and celebrate him and learn of him. And we have a promise from our Lord that where even two or three are gathered in his name, there he will be in the midst of them. I find this thing to be true every time I walk through these doors, and I know you do too. From the uh, book of Messiah, I read our cult worship in the 11th chapter. Words of Alma Jr. as he uh, wakes up from his uh, three days, from his experience, well, uh, where he spends three days where he is not able to move his limbs, he is uh, not able to, to talk or to walk. And his father uh, commanded that uh, fasting and praying for the space of two days and two nights, uh, after which he wakes up and his first words are, And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again, yea, born of God change from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters, and thus they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. We'll continue this evening by following the bulletin, singing hymn number 97. Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hymn number 97.
Most gracious Heavenly Father, we gather once again in your house. We're thankful for this opportunity, Father, to come once again in your love to hear this. Hear the message our brother has prepared for us this night. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray that you would come, your spirit might be here in abundance, to touch the hearts of each who have gathered, that we might be lifted up once again and given the strength that we need for each new day. Father, be with our brother this night, that his tongue might be loose, that he may impart to us the thoughts and words that have been placed on his heart, that he might do so freely, and by that doing so, we would be blessed and also uplifted. Thank you for all that you provide for us in life, and especially the blessings that you shed upon us each day. May we always thankful and grateful and try to serve you in a way that would be acceptable and pleasing always is our prayer. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Scripture reading tonight, I'm going to be reading from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into many afflictions, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire Wanting nothing.
The uh, subject of my sermon tonight is, It Hurts to be Molded into Something Beautiful. Now I have brought a demonstration or you might call it an illustration. Here is a piece of clay, just a regular piece of clay. Now imagine that this clay had feelings. Would it hurt to even touch it like this, to mold it, to do anything with it? So I have a little mold. It is a sheep, if you can see it. (laughs) Anyway, so I'm going to make a mold of this sheep out of this clay. Now, if the clay had feelings, it would be hurting a lot. It would be crying out in pain, I'm afraid. And then you've got not only the cutout, but the excess, which would be like the dross that's discarded and thrown away. Even taking it out of the mold would make it hurt. There, can you see that's a little lamb? Okay, I used white so it would show up better. You guys can see. Okay, so when the Lord works with us and molds us, it would be painful. And you probably got that from my um, scripture reading. This this subject, uh, somebody at the 930 Family Worship uh, shared this story about uh, a man making something out of wood. It's called Not Without Pain. The hewer of wood worked patiently, lovingly, day after day with his saws, chisels, gouges, planes, and calipers to bring the piece to the definite pattern he had in mind. The wood complained bitterly because it was being cut and filled with rifts and holes. But he whose tools were cutting into it did not listen to the complaining. He was making a violin. He said, without these rifts and holes, thou wouldst be only a piece of wood forever. With not power to make music, these rifts and cuts, which seem to be destroying thee, will change thee into a beautiful, vibrating instrument. Thy sweet music will then charm the souls of men. Thou shalt be valuable and a blessing in this world, in the world. So any type of molding, like even just following the commandments, we're being molded. And sometimes it hurts to follow the commandments, especially if you weren't taught them growing up. So one thing that we need to do is to curb our anger. Oh, I've got, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 22 through 32. 
And now I speak unto you concerning the former conversation by exhortation, that ye put off the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the mind of the spirit, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Can you be angry and not sin? Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, for the things which are good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corruption communication, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, I wanted to make sure I did not take the scripture out of context. The scripture I really wanted was, can you be angry and not sin? I probably could have just said that by itself. But that's, that's a hard thing. It's a hard thing for anybody to have to deal with anger. Um, there was a minister in, in Africa. I read the story in a magazine. He, uh, he, he had done something, or his wife had done something to him, and he was angry with his wife. And I don't remember the occasion, but I think he actually had a heart attack and died. And the Lord, said, the Lord was going to send him back. Uh, so it wasn't his time to die. So, um, but he was, he, the Lord told him that if this was the time that he would die, that he would go straight to hell because of his anger towards his wife. So I've heard that in other instances too, where, the, uh, where someone who is angry is, uh, might go to hell if they die at the time they're angry. So isn't it true when you're angry with someone, don't you deep down inside kind of want to kill them? I mean, we wouldn't, of course, but people out in the world might. Anger is a, it's a terrible thing to have to deal with. There was several years ago they were putting on a class that Zalph and I went to see about anger. And this was not in the church or anything, but we went there and it was crowded as could be. All the people wanted to learn about how to deal with anger. But it turned out that it was for dealing with anger in your two-year-old or your, your children. Um, if you can, turn, turn to him, number 114. This is, a, this is a really good hymn. I want you to pay attention to the second verse. When your heart was filled with anger, did you think to pray? Did you plead for grace, my brother, that you might forgive one another as a, who had crossed your way? And of course it goes on about 
prayer. I'm going to tell a couple incidences that I uh, was a party to. Um, It's been several years that I used to have uh, paper routes with the examiner. And one time I had like four routes. And every Wednesday, you had to throw a paper to everybody who who weren't subscribers. They were called extras. So on Wednesday, you throw a paper to everybody. And a lot of people did not like having that extra thrown in their yard. And one day, on a Wednesday, I was throwing the extras, and the lady was out in the yard, so I threw it in the yard, and she picked it up and threw it right back out in the street. Now, I know that's probably funny, and I'm not telling you this to be funny or humorous. I'm telling you because that made me extremely angry, and I wanted something to happen to her like what happened to me. And so I, I, I knew I wasn't supposed to pray for revenge on her, but the only thing I could think of to pray was, please let something happen to her, what she did to me. And after praying that about four or five times, the Lord spoke to me and he said, he reminded me of that scripture, whatsoever ye sow, that shall ye reap. And there are instances, there was one instance here at church, it's been a few years, there were a couple of kids, and we sat behind them, and they, um, there was, I think the mother was between the two kids, and the younger one had a toy, and the older one wanted to take the toy back, and so he, he took the toy, and I guess that was okay with the mom, and so the younger boy, or the younger child, was very angry. He was crying, and I always thought that, you know, when children were upset and cried, I didn't realize that a lot of it is anger. So he was extremely angry, and his mom took him out. And um, I'll always remember that, because I felt sorry for him. So, what do you do if you are filled with anger, besides what the hymn said? You can ask the Lord to soften your heart. You can also ask him to take away the anger. I do that a lot because I guess I get angry periodically. So when I am, I ask the Lord to take away the anger. There was a, I think I shared this in a previous sermon, there was an instance in which our son Paul was involved in scouts, the Boy Scouts. And we have a good a good family friend, and their, their family is good friends with us. And one time, um, Paul was with uh, the, the middle boy, not, not the oldest, but the middle one. And um, Paul came back to me and he said that he, he had done something to him that, that wasn't nice at all. And it made him angry, but it also made me angry. I mean, it was really bad what what he had done. And um, so I thought, well, how shall I deal with this? I could talk to the boy, and I thought, no, that wouldn't work. I thought I could talk to his dad, and what what would he do? 
Can I make him punish him for what he did? No. No, there was nothing I could do about it to resolve it, so I just asked the Lord to take away the anger. Okay, I'd like to read a scripture from Second Nephi, chapter 1. Verses 101 through 112. And I, Lehi, according to the things which I have read, must needs suppose that an angel of God, according to that which is written, had fallen from heaven. Wherefore he became a devil, having sought that which was evil before God. And because he had fallen from heaven and had become miserable forever, he sought also the misery of all mankind. Wherefore he said unto Eve, Yea, even that old serpent, who is the devil, who is the father of all lies, wherefore he said, Partake of the forbidden fruit, and ye shall not die, but ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. And after Adam and Eve had partaken of the forbidden fruit, they were driven out of the Garden of Eden to till the earth. And they have brought forth children, yea, even the family of all the earth. And the days of the children of men were prolonged according to the will of God, that they might repent while in the flesh. Wherefore their state became a state of probation, and their time was lengthened according to the commandments which the Lord God gave unto the children of men. For he gave commandment that all men must repent, for he showed unto all men that they were lost because of the transgression of their parents. And now behold, if Adam had not transgressed, he would not have fallen, but he would have remained in the Garden of Eden. And all things which were created, I think that's where I stop, yeah. No. And all things that were created must have remained in the same state which they were after they were created, and that must have remained forever and had no end. So, there are things that we, we have to deal with, like anger, for one. But uh, there are consequences of the fall. Uh, the scriptures say, uh, let me read that. Second Nephi chapter 6. Second Nephi chapter 6, verse 74. Remember, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. So, natural man, after the fall, and carnal man, you can call it either or both. That's all a result of our fall. Now, what is natural man? What is carnal man? What, what things do we have to deal with because of the fall? Okay, we are filled with pride sometimes. I mean, this is all natural man and carnal man. It's filled with pride, is very selfish, is very greedy. That's the problem that I have. It's filled with anger or rage, 
has no hope, is very obstinate, is very conceited, is arrogant and haughty. And these things we have to deal with because of the fall. I'd like to read a short scripture from the book of Alma. Chapter 16, verses 227 to 236. This uh, explains about, about the fall. Yea, I would that you would come forth and harden not your hearts any longer. For behold, now is the time and the day of your salvation. And therefore, if you will repent and harden not your hearts, immediately shall the great plan of redemption be brought about unto you. For behold, this life is a time for men to prepare to meet God. Yea, behold, the day of this life is the day for men to perform their labors. And now, as I said unto you before, as ye have had so many witnesses, therefore I beseech of you, that ye do not procrastinate the day of your repentance until the end. For after this day of life, which is given us to prepare for eternity, behold, if we do not improve our time while in this life, then cometh the night of darkness, wherein there can be no labor performed. Ye cannot say when ye are brought to that awful crisis that I will repent, that I will return to my God. Nay, you cannot say this, for that same spirit which doth possess your bodies at the time that you go out of this life, that same spirit will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. For behold, if you have procrastinated the day of your repentance, even until death, behold, you have become subjected to the spirit of the devil, and he does seal you his. Therefore the Spirit of the Lord hath withdrawn from you, and hath no place in you. And the devil hath all power over you, and this is the final state of the wicked. And this I know, because the Lord has said, He dwelleth not in unholy temples, but in the hearts of the righteous doth he dwell. Yea, and he has also said that the righteous shall sit down in his kingdom, to go no more out, but their garments should be made white, through the blood of the Lamb. Now, I read all that because of this. That same spirit which does possess your bodies at the time you go out of this life, that same spirit will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. I believe that's the reason why we have all these carnal and sensual desires because that was what the way we were when we were kicked out kicked out of heaven or fell from heaven. Um, sometime last year, I think it was, I preached a sermon that I called, well, I asked the Lord, I said, teach me how not to sin. And so I would pray that quite often and he gave me some very interesting ideas. I won't go into all of them, but I will go into some of them. One of them was, um, let's see, anybody familiar with Gilbert and Sullivan? Um, turn to hymn number 103. 
This is this music was written by Arthur Sullivan. He's the same Sullivan that was collaborated with Gilbert. And Sullivan wanted to be more famous for his hymns, but unfortunately he's more famous for his collaboration with Gilbert. Anyway, I'm going to quote a little line from the Pirates of Penzance. And it's interesting because I was just kind of watching that movie the other day. One of the songs says, don't carp or criticize. Actually, the whole line is, perhaps it would be wise not to carp or criticize. So, carp is rather an archaic word. What it means is to find fault or habitually complain. So, that's something that we ought not to do. We ought not to carp and criticize. And so, I asked the Lord, how, how do I do that? And he taught me, I asked him, I said, can you present the idea of what I want to say in my head before I say it? And then kind of instruct me that that would be complaining. So I have improved because a lot of times I'm told that. And sometimes I still go ahead and say it, which I shouldn't do. But anyway, I'm working on it. And... Um, What was I going to say? Um, okay, so one problem that I have, and I've had as long as I can remember, was that I feel bad when I do something that I was told not to do. And I realized that was something my father taught me. And it still bothers me today because I still feel bad when I do something or I fear I've done something that might hurt somebody. I still feel bad. However, it has taught me compassion. It's taught me to be extremely careful not to say or do anything to make someone feel bad. Another problem I have is my father taught me to do everything he told me to do. So consequently, I do everything everybody wants me to do. And that's not always good. It's not always right. I mean, like, like the pastor where, where we used to attend, he told me I shouldn't do something. And I thought, well, you know, I don't agree with that. I think I need to say something and speak up. It's a, it's a very hard habit to break to not always do something that you're told to do. There is a movie out there called Ella Enchanted, which is a good little movie. It's about, a, well, Ella is Cinderella, basically. And one of her aunts gives her the gift of obedience, which sounds like it might be a good thing. But that's kind of like what I had, or what I still have. I have to feel I have to obey what everybody wants me to. But with her... It was a spell, so she had to obey. She was forced to. There was nothing she could do to fight it. Well, eventually she does fight it and loses it at the end. So, remember, when you're molded, 
like this little lamb was molded, that it may be painful. But this little lamb is far more attractive than this clump of clay. It's far more attractive. And it, it caused this lump of clay quite a bit of pain in molding it. Thank you. Some beautiful words there, Mark. Um, certainly important words. Um, I am an Ephraimite from the tribe of Ephraim, like I'm sure many of you. And one of the characteristics from the tribe of Ephraim is that we are organized, very time-oriented, very objective-driven, sequential, this and this and this. And if you would just do what I tell you to do in the order I tell you to do it, then we'd have Zion and then that would be it. I can see the anger that I have sometimes and the frustration that I feel sometimes that things aren't working exactly as I want them to work. And I read through the Doctrine and Covenants and you know, I read uh, the history of the people and my frustration is, uh, you know, is, is driven very high sometimes. I just wish they had just done it. It was right there. It was right before them. Just, just do it. It's right. It's clear. I tell you, sometimes in uh, my moments of deepest reflection, I am forced to observe the Lord's anger with me from time to time. How much have I grown spiritually in the last few years or even in the last ten years? What have I learned? How much have I grown in the last uh, few years of my life and as an elder And I cannot help but exclaim that the Lord must have been pulling his hair out every time he came to my turn. How frustrated he must have been with me. Come on, Jeff. It's right there in front of you. Well, you've heard it now twice today. We had a sermon earlier this day. Did I do all I could with the time you gave me? having charity in your heart. Don't seek to tear other people down, but to build them up in love and kindness. And here you have it again from our dear teacher. Anger is not the way. You've heard it twice now today. We'll continue with our service with hymn number 213, after which we'll have our Benediction by Elder Dennis Seymour. Hymn number 213. Come, O thou King of Kings.
Our gracious Heavenly Father, this truly has been a beautiful day, Heavenly Father, to be able to come to worship You, to hear the words that were spoken this morning, this evening, that of love and that of without anger. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you might go with each one of us, that we might take with us this day these two sermons that we've heard today, that we may have the love that we need to share with one another, that we might look to you, Heavenly Father, our Creator, because of the love that you give to us. We go with us this evening, keep us all safe, be with us as we travel to our homes, and bless our homes with thy spirit. And we pray this in Christ's name, amen.